0: Country football has produced champions and heroes by the dozen. None has given more distinguished service than the man universally known as the Ghost, Jimmy Jess. The Richmond Premiership heroes started competitive football in the bush at 15 and finished back in the bush at 44, then came out of retirement for a couple of games at 48. Welcome, Jimmy.
1: Thanks, Mike, I think. Now, <laughs> no,
0: we'll be fine, mate. I've got you uh, at seven clubs, including two or three visits at, at Avoca.
1: Yep. Any idea how many games you played? Oh, no idea, Mike, but uh, I survived for a fair while, so I suppose, I don't know, five or 600, I suppose.
0: So all done on the love of the game, you just didn't want to give
1: it away? No, well, my body held up pretty well and um, I just loved the challenge and, you know, the tribal aspect of the bush footy was great, so, and you made great fable. So, so kept going.
0: My favourite piece of chess history, centres on the Avoca Footy Club, your original club, you won Best and Fairest there 24 years apart.
1: Yeah, wow. Well.
0: It's amazing. First in 1972 when you were 17 and again in 1996 when you were 41.
1: Yeah, well, I was pretty lucky. You know, my body held, held together OK, lucky. I suppose. Yeah, and uh, I was still getting a kick, so it was good.
0: Yeah, that's an amazing achievement, though. That's a generation.
1: Well, it is, and, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to play with both my sons there as well. So it was, yeah. It was, it was great, yeah.
0: In between, in between the, uh, the triumphs at Avoca, 13 seasons at Richmond for 223 games and the 1980 flag.
1: Yeah, very lucky, very lucky indeed. It was just a, a great time to be at Richmond in the early 80s and uh, we were very lucky to knock it off in 80, of course. Got rolled in 82, but it was a, just a great club and great spot to be.
0: I've always been intrigued why you didn't play for St Kilda, Jimmy. You grew up in Avoca. Avoca was part of St Kilda's zone. Yeah. Why didn't you play with the Saints?
1: Well, it's a bit of a long story, but I, I was in a yeah, country development squad with St Kilda um, when I was 17 and 18 and I actually played a... Full-scale practice game with him at Ballarat, and Jeansy uh, lined me up against Cowboy Neil. He was sent half back, and I was skinny, eighteen-year-old, so I was a bit overawed by it all. And so I ran, and uh, I got a fair bit of it, and surprised myself. I really, took a few marks, got a few kicks, and I was mentioning the best players, so I was pretty happy with my game. But after the game, I was just uh, doing doing what you do, you know, packing my gear up. And Jeansy came up, and "Jeez, son, you look like the wild man from Bourne." "What the <laughs> hell's going on?" And, uh, you know he said you know you played okay you're going to come down and have a go and I just said oh no I think I'll go I'll just go back to the bush and so I did so why so I mean when you've you've
0: t- tested yourself against the best and you've gone okay yeah. and the invitation was there why did you go home
1: I oh, well actually it was about 8 years later I uh, given uh, give credit to Alan. he was coach of the state side I was sent off back for the state side and he, he sat next to me on a bus going to the footy and he said what the hell he said I remember you son and uh, what, what were you thinking? I said, well, I you know, just turned 18 and um, I was in more strife than the early settlers. Couldn't go anywhere. And Why, what do you mean, why not? Oh, well, I was just married, no money. Uh, <laughs> just left school. I was in strife, Mike. So I, and Melbourne was on a different planet, really. So, I, you know, I couldn't come to Melbourne. And James, he said, oh, he said we didn't know any of that, son. He said, you know, those recruiting blokes you got a bit to answer for. So mm. that's why I didn't go to St Kilda. I went home. and. Oh, it was a week or two later, a couple of blokes from Sonata had come down and knocked on the door and offered me 50 bucks a game, house and a job, which was massive money back then. And so I thought, I'll give the old man a ring and see what he reckoned. He said, shoot him in the leg so they can't get out the door. So, <laughs> so I was off to Sonata for three years, which was Richmond's zone. Yes. And uh, that's where I come under the notice, of Richmond.
0: But you still needed a clearance, didn't you, from, from St Kilda because you were residentially bound to them?
1: Yeah, I did. So, yeah. No, no resistance from the Saints? No, there wasn't really, but we played a practice game uh, when Richmond got me down to play in a practice game and it was coincidentally against St. Kilda, and then they got me down at Morabin and said, look, we'll, we'll just play under an assumed name. Mm. And I said, well, I don't know, because they might recognise me because uh, I played with them three years ago and went OK. And GR and Ian have gone, oh, we didn't realise that. Here, sign this and get home. So <laughs> They wouldn't even let me stay at the footy. Get out of Moorabbin in case so they didn't see say, you.
0: that was Richmond. You're talking about Graham Richmond and yeah. Ian Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just put your...
1: Yeah. Put get you it, get under the umbrella
0: and, and saved you, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and so St. Kilda cleared me, really.
0: 1980, Jimmy, it was the highlight of your career, obviously, the flag. You played all twenty-five games that year. Yep. I'm not sure that Richmond that of that generate that time gets the credit it deserves. I mean, I, I was having a look when I was doing my work on you. You, the Tigers, won the three finals that year by the equivalent of twenty-four
1: goals. Yeah, well, you know, we had a great side and a great coach, Tony Jewell. Um Everyone was pretty versatile, everyone was pretty hungry and young and we're all good mates and it just all clicked together in 80. So, we, you know, we had a great final series and, uh, you know, beat Collingwood by a record margin in the grand yep. final.
0: You, uh, you were known primarily as a centre-half back. Yep. You played the three finals in 1980 up forward, didn't you?
1: That's right. I played the year, the centre-half back and, to be honest with me, you know, I, I had a really good year and just towards the end I was tapering off a bit, probably, you know, getting a bit dour, I suppose, and TJ had a... You know, spoke to me and they were almost going to give me a run in the seconds to see if he get a bit of bounce back. And Clokey hurt his um, ankle. So then, obviously, I played centre-half forward. He went to the forward pocket and got a bit of spring in my step and had a really good final series. So, it, you know, it worked out OK.
0: Twelve months later, Tony Jewell, the coach you referred to, is out of a job. Yep. The Tigers sacked him. History would say that was a bad move. Yep. What's your view?
1: I think it was a bad move too, you know. We'd won the flag the year before, Every, you know, TJ was respected by all the boys, and uh, we had a bad year in 81 and he's gone, so it was, you know, it was a really tough call.
0: The funny thing about 81, you say a bad year, yeah. relative to terms it was, but you still won 13 games that year.
1: Yeah, it was okay, and a few injuries and things, and you know, some uh, narrow margins we lost by, so I guess we are a little bit unlucky, and uh, you know, TJ copped the brunt of it.
0: 1982, Francis Birk's the coach, yep. you make the grand final, your hot favourites to win, Carlton get you. Yeah should you have won that year
1: oh well, carlton played well full credit to him yeah, we played poorly in the grand final um there's a few things went against us probably rain, which didn't help um, i thought you know berkey was a bit tough on probably mickey moldhouse on on thursday night's you know fitness test but i don't think i would have passed that one so no, there yeah. was there was a te-
0: fitness test at the mcg on show day i remember it vividly Mickey Malthus had a crook shoulder. Yeah. Berkey himself put him through the test, didn't yeah, he? Yeah,
1: he did. Yeah, it was pretty tough. You know, well, I had a crook shoulder too from when Wilson cleaned me up that year. But, and, it, you know, we're all watching and hoping mickey get through, and then he didn't get through, and it, you know, just put a little bit of a damper in it, but on things, you know. Um, and I think the Carlton little blokes were pretty happy he wasn't playing. None of them like having a spell on Mick. <laughs> I can playing believe in the back that. Pocket. Yeah.
0: I can believe that. 82, you missed round 22, and you missed Richmond's first final under suspension. Yeah. Why so? What happened?
1: <laughs> well, you know, GR. <laughs> yeah. Dull. We went to Sydney and. So you're playing Sydney in round 21. That's right. And um, GR was pretty wound up before the game up there. And he, uh, he came up to me before the game and he was ranting and raving. And uh, he said, Did you read the headline, son? And I well, didn't take too much notice of it. But he said, well, I'll tell you what it said. It said, Timid Tigers and someone's got to do something. And, you know, it makes me sick and it makes the supporters sick. So run into the first centre bounce. and upend somebody, start the biggest blue they've seen in Sydney. And I go, oh, what are we going to do here? So I did it. And of course, Sydney all jumped on me and I got me right whack. And uh, But during the same game, Reigns, he got reported as well. And this is the way GR operated. So you're
0: both on report yeah. with a week out from the
1: finals. Yeah. So after the game, GR came in and, you know, pats me on the bum, good boy, and he said, oh, it's bad luck about these reports, son. And uh, I said, oh, you know, I don't know, Graham. I, I said, um, I had a... Quick chat to Wayne Carroll, we're gonna have a beer. Wayne Carroll's the bloke yeah, uh, to let you whack Yeah, we're gonna have a beer together after the game, sort out a story as you did in those days. He said, you know, he's gonna get me off. Graham said, No, you don't understand, son. He said, You're gonna to have to cup cop a couple of weeks because uh, the tribunal's not gonna let both of us off on Monday night and we need Geoffrey more than we need you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, you can't argue with that. No, that was him. That was yeah. him. Yeah. But he you know, he, he had his good, you know, soft side too. Well, well tell me about the time that in nineteen eighty. Yeah.
0: You're a country boy, and you had that. The roots were still back at um, at Avoca, and yeah. you were playing cricket. And yeah, and the two seasons were about to overlap.
1: Yeah, well, they did overlap, and <laughs> I went to TJ the last before the last practice game of the year, and said, "Look, I, I can't play." And he said, "What? You can't play?" I said, "Well, I'm playing cricket." He said, oh, "Don't give me that." Who know, was the cricket for? For amphitheatre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he laughed too. Yeah. So uh, anyway, said, so "Look, if that's the case, I can't guarantee your game next week." And I said, oh, well, you know, that's fair enough, I understand that. So I just had a shower, I was walking out and GR calls me out and coming here. So I go into the room and I thought, here we go, this is, this is not going to be pretty. And he says, what's this? You're playing bloody cricket on Saturday. I said, yeah, He said, God son said, where's your future like, playing cricket for amphitheatre or football for the Mighty Tigers? <laughs> <laughs> said, go and play cricket. We admire your loyalty, son. Yeah. So, you know, it was two sides. Yeah, it's it. a nice touch. I wouldn't have
0: thought yeah. Gio would have said that. Yeah, well, he did. So, yeah. so. The 82 grand final was famous for lots of reasons. One of them featured uh, a woman called Helen D'Amico. Yeah. Now, when Helen made her <laughs> triumphant entry to the MCG that day, she hit it for Bruce Doole. You happened to be playing alongside Dooley.
1: Yeah, I was, and I was giving him no support at all, <laughs> back and right off. But, uh, yeah, she's a character, Helen, and, and believe it or not, I ran into her uh, about five years ago in Darwin and went out to a candle, for, for a can lunch a couple of times with her, actually. She's not a bad pool player, Helen. <laughs> and I asked her, I said, what the hell were you thinking? And she was working for, uh, as a pole dancer at the Crazy Horse in Adelaide, and she said, the boys, said we'll give you a couple of hundred and send you to Melbourne <laughs> for the weekend. or you've got to do a streak at a footy game. And she said, oh, I can do that. She's not allowed to tell anybody, and... So said, the only person I told was Mum. So I got here on a Friday night in Melbourne and realised it's not just a footy game. Is, it's the biggest thing that's going to happen in Australia, you know. So she got cold feet rang her mother and she said, Mum said, listen, Ellen, you're better because I organised for the, all the kids and the family. Everyone's coming around tomorrow to watch on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, so she did it. It was fantastic. And the other thing she was worried about, she said, she got down to the fence at the MCG and it's got those steel pickets with mm. you know, knobs on the top of it and, and she was concerned, it was pretty high, and she said, what am I going to do here? And uh, she said, if I throw one leg over and get halfway, it's going to be a bit <laughs> awkward. So she she rolled over and landed flat in her bum and she said that was the worst part of the whole day. So she did a backflip yeah, over the fence? Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you remember your first thought? Do you remember when you first realised that there was a, an intruder on the ground and she happened to have no clothes on?
1: <laughs> well, I, well, I didn't know what to think, really. I, was, she was the first streak and no-one had ever seen one before. It was, uh, it was pretty unique, but, you know, good on her.
0: <laughs> she earned her 200, I reckon. Yeah,
1: well, she did. She said, actually, the cop, I just saw him walk her off with a, with a stern face and, uh, and they got uh, with the coat around her and they got her downstairs and uh, they said, listen, love, we, we've got to book you, but well done. <laughs> <laughs> so they
0: had a good that. laugh. She said they oh, <laughs> fantastic. But, the end of 82, Jimmy. The team's won a premiership in 1980 and been beaten in the grand final in 82. Yep. Who could have envisaged that the next 35 years would have just brought misery?
1: Yeah, it was sad, uh, really. It was, uh, you know, it just imploded, really. we Reigns and uh Brian Wood uh, left, and it leaves a big hole in the club. You know, you can imagine any club now lo- losing uh, three of their best players and leaders as well um, left. And then the Tigers and Collingwood got into a, uh, a player and financial mm-hmm. war, which uh, which sent Richmond virtually to the brink of extinction and, uh, and didn't do Collingwood much good either.
0: You were you were there. You you stayed on for I think another four or five years after that time. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It uh, it just went from bad to worse, didn't it? I know there was a fallout between you and Paul Sproul in was that um, 85?
1: Yeah, it was about 85, or 86. yeah. yeah. Sproul, he yeah. was the new coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was my worst time at Richmond, really. I and mean, you know, I don't like bringing up old old wounds, I suppose. But uh, yeah, we were from from different planets, I think. Well, the first meeting I had with him, he he called me in and I'd been uh, offered the captaincy the year before and I knocked it back because I really didn't think I was the right person for the job. And he called me in and uh, he said, "Uh, I'd want to speak to you about the captaincy. I said, oh, he said, you know, how do you feel about it? And I said, oh, well, I was vice captain last year, so, you know, I suppose I'm in the mix. And um, he said, if I make you captain, will you try any harder? And Mm. I I knocked him right in the eye. I thought he he was taking the piss out of me or something. And uh, straight away I said, no. So then he said, Well I recommend you not be included as captain vice captain or deputy vice captain. So so, you know, it's fair enough. It didn't it wasn't something that worried me or that I aspired to, but just the you know, to say that uh, well I try harder after mm. being at the Tigers for nine years and, and it was something that I you know, I really prided myself on, I suppose, was making sure there was a contest. So it really disappointed me and uh and then other things happened and it just deteriorated. As, as the season went on until it's I got funny, sacked. It's isn't it
0: to say? Because, I mean, if you'd reversed it, if you'd turned the question back at him, he would have given you the same answer that you gave.
1: Well, you'd hope so. Otherwise, you know, if, if you said yes to a question like that, yeah. you should be sacked straight away. I agree. And, and then, of course, uh, the financial situation was brought up, and, uh, you know, the club put out the line that I was paid way too much. Mm. But the truth, this just wasn't the truth. I'd signed with the Tigers, uh, I think, three years before. A five-year contract, and uh, Peter and Jess had shot me around. Your I was cousin? Out, yeah. Yep. I was out of contract at Richmond, and uh, just to see what I was worth, I was offered 250 for three at other clubs. and that, Was that uh, club Carlton or Collingwood? Uh, <laughs> one of them, yes. I think. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Peter said, look, the Tigers will give it to you for, for five years, no worries. And I said, oh, well, I'll take the Tigers deal. So that meant that I was playing, really, the last two years of my contract mm. financially for nothing. And, you know, Richmond... Well, not Richmond, that's a club, but a couple of blokes were putting the line out that I was overpaid, which wasn't true. Jimmy,
0: Tiger people say that you announced yourself as a, as a hero of the Richmond fraternity in the Round 2 of 1977. Now, it was your eighth game. The Tigers are playing the reigning premiers in Hawthorne at the MCG. You're on the bench, and you're on the bench for three and a half quarters.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, and it was Easter Monday, I remember, because all my mates and family and everybody come down from the bush. And... <laughs> and uh, I'll sit next to Rod Marsh, which was a bit of a thrill that day. All Rod Marsh, betcha. the yeah. is yeah, yeah. yeah, a, he's a uh, Richmond supporter, so yeah, you know, that was a bit of a thrill. And I'd sat there for the whole game, so everyone's thinking I'm not going to get a, get a run. And in the end, uh, Barry put me on. And, Lucky enough to grab a couple and uh, kick three goals in about 15 minutes. So, so was,
0: you had three kicks, yeah. kick three goals, and the Tigers win by a point.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was pretty happy.
0: You were very mobile. You are in a long strider, really athletic. And the other thing that we all remember is you used to bang the ball. Like, you'd kick it 60 most times, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I, was, I guess I was a good kick, but if you don't get it very often, I suppose you to make yeah, the most of when you get it. But, yeah, no, I could kick it. That was one of the good parts of my game. 1982,
0: lots of memories for you. One of them you probably won't... Be too keen about me reminding you about. Was the game against Fitzroy, <laughs> MCG? Yeah. It's a bloke called Gary Wilson crossed your path. Now I saw Gary Wilson a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He looks like he could ride the bottom weight in the cup. Yeah. He comes across your path. You're chasing the footy, and he knocks you out cold. Fairly.
1: Fairly, absolutely, fairly. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't get much sympathy from anybody either, Mike. No. I can tell <laughs> you.
0: Well, let's go <laughs> no, through clearly. the incident first. You, yeah. my, my memory is you, you spilled a mark. Yep. And you looked typically angry after that yeah. because, uh, to redeem the mistake. Yeah, yeah. And then a flea comes across your path.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I remember it. And I, I, look, I must have seen him coming because it was out in the open and I thought, oh, well, you know, Gary Wilson's not going to hurt much. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't feel any more until I woke up looking at the rooms of the, 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 uh, the ceiling of the mm. room. So he got me a beard, he split my head and uh, stuffed my shoulder. and um, phew, Yeah, the, the, well done. It was, it was good. What would happen good to him, him
0: today? I mean, we all agreed at the time that it was fair. Oh, yeah. What would happen to him today, would you think?
1: Oh, well, he'd, he'd get weeks, but... Yeah. Uh, Should know, he? No. 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 That was part of the game then. That's, that's what you expected and, uh, you know, good on him. And it's... You know, I've spoken to him and we've had a laugh about it plenty of times and he says it's funny because he said, oh, look, he won seven or eight best in Ferris at, um, at Fitzroy and a great player, but he said... No one wants to talk about that. They only want to talk about it today. Knock me out.
0: <laughs> well, tell us about the, uh, the uh, Leon Weeger, oh, the I then did.
1: Fitzroy president,
0: yeah. had a radio program at the time, he didn't did he?
1: Yeah, and I, actually, he got me in the next week. And, he, and before the show, he said, Oh, it's funny. He said he was down at the club on the Monday, and a really well spoken old lady rang up the club and insisted that she speak to him. And he got on the phone. And he said, Oh, it's, it's Helen here, and uh, you know, it's just what I had to ring you loud today because. I, I, the, the club has given me some thrills in my life. She said, I've seen um, Hayden Button and Kevin Murray win their Brownlow medals and I was at our last premiership side and I'd hardly miss a game. And oh, I've had some wonderful days. She said, I had the best day at the footy in my life on Saturday. Well, I was taken aback a little bit, I <laughs> suppose, because it's like we won. And he said, well, why was that, Helen? And he's, oh... When little Gary knocked that dirty bastard from Richmond, I <laughs> said I was so excited. I nearly jumped out of the southern stand. <laughs> but at least, uh, so I made some old shill happy.
0: <laughs> but but you were—I don't remember you as being dirty though. No,
1: no, 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 I wasn't. I, I tried to make it because I was a bit undersized for for a key position player, really. And uh, and at Richmond, you know, well, I guess I knew my role, and I was expected to make a contest. So you know, if I was at the contest, I tried to make it a hard contest. You know, so.
0: Why do you think the Richmond? Faithful loved you so much. I mean, was it was it your look that? Uh, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's probably uh, yeah, probably the way I looked. I, I didn't look like the muscled up, tan, your normal footballer, I suppose. And and you know, I think I did provide a contest most times, and I think they liked that. You know, you can get beat, but as long as the tiger army can see a contest, mm. I think they, they mostly go home happy. And I didn't get much loving from the opposition supporters, so the Tigers <laughs> might have tried to make it up a bit. Was was the ghost uh,
0: a reflection of the? colour of your skin? Oh, I think so. Reason?
1: Plus, back then, believe it or not, I used to have hair once and... Uh, no, I remember <laughs> it vividly. <mate>. I remember <laughs> it. it. So, I think, yeah, Tommy Afy started it. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he just started, I think he called me a ghost or something, a train one night and the boys thought, well, that's pretty appropriate, so we'll stick with that. Were you ever comfortable living in the city? I know you said... So- no. No? No, it's, look, the city's got a great, like, a lot to offer and I love coming down, love catching up, you know, with the boys and, and you know, going out and going to the footy and it's fantastic, but and I always love getting home too. So I love the bush.
0: So home now is home. Are you living at Rove.
1: Yeah, I've got a small farm in, in Central Victoria. Mum and Dad are still alive, so Dad keeps an eye it for me. And uh, but I live in Rove. My my mm. home's in Rove at the moment.
0: Yeah. And when you you're a fisherman?
1: Yeah, I do a bit of everything really. But yeah, I've got a a uh, fishing licence out the Great Australian Bight, just yeah. on the edge of the Nullarbor there. Yeah.
0: Where do you base yourself when you're fishing there, Jimmy? Uh,
1: Mundrabilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty... Yeah, there's nothing there, really. Population? No, uh, pff, oh, me. Uh, yeah. No, there's there's oh, an old couple live there and uh, in a shack and uh, me and a couple of other itinerants call in. But, yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's pretty unique spot. Uh, no, there's a there's a bar at the Roadhouse. So yeah. we, Go up there occasionally.
0: So you're happy there? You, you spend up to yeah. three months out there, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I okay, go. I love it. It's a pretty unique part of Australia. It's that's a temperate climate, and uh, we're 650 k's to the nearest town, which is Ceduna. Right? Yeah, on one side and on the other. So you got to take all your stuff out there, and you run on generators and solar, and yeah, it's but it's uh, fantastic.
0: And you're happy with the solitude?
1: Yeah, I don't mind it, but it's yeah. no, it's good to get home too. But you know, it's uh, yeah, it's got a lot to offer. It's great
0: to get home to your partner of forty odd years now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah.
0: schoolgirl, yeah. girlfriend of yours.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was tough back then. She's morning sickness going to school on the bus. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble then, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say there, Jim? Just uh, in case anyone missed it. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's uh, her name's Loll, isn't it? Yeah, oh, Lorally. Yeah. 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 yeah and something. she had the morning sickness going to school on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> and you duly had uh, the first of your children. Yeah, yeah. And you're still together.
1: We are, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, lovely story. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, yeah, we've got three kids and they're all grown up now and and, uh, five grandchildren, so that's good, Mm. yeah.
0: So what's the strength of country football like in in your experience? We worry, I think we worry from a long way away it's as healthy as it was. No,
1: it's not, there's no doubt it's not. And uh, it's disappointing, you know, it's, uh, it's just not the... I don't know, years ago I think it was more tribal, really tribal, you know, the whole town would go, you... Families would pack the kids up, and the girls would play netball, and the, the guys all play footy, and and that's what you did in a country town was you, you played footy, and that's where you built respect and uh, you know accountability and all those and you know how to interact with people. Mm. But unfortunately, it's uh, yeah, it's country footy's struggling a bit, and uh, I think the I, I reckon the AFL should be uh, tipping a bit back into it instead of. Uh, what's know?
0: a simple matter of money, or is it just a, is, oh, is it a well, social th- evolution?
1: I think it's yeah, a little bit to do with money, but. I think you're probably right, it could be a social evolution, yeah. Mm. People are just not so interested in footy and uh, there's other things to do. You were coaching at Robe. Yep.
0: But in 2003, and you're 45, you're 48 years of age, yeah. you pull the boots back on. Oh,
1: yeah, well, I think we might have got a late, late injury or something, so I put my hand up at, uh, and played. But sanity finally prevailed, Michael, and I gave it away. But actually, it was funny that day because my son was playing. He, he was a very good centre, uh, good full forward. I think he kicked 100 that year. And I took a mark, I think, a centre-half back or somewhere, and he led up and everybody led up. And then he realised I was going to kick a torp, so he ran back and everyone <laughs> kept running forward. And, it, and I got onto it, actually, and it, it, was, it was a pretty good moment. And he's, he's running the other way from everybody else running that way. And, of course, the ball went straight over and he ran straight so, out in an open goal. What's your most cherished footy memory,
0: a, uh, AFL uh, or country?
1: Uh, oh, obviously, the, the eighty. Uh, you know, your first game is, you know, you think, well, I've made it. You know, I can die happy now. And then, you know, you win a grand final. You run out in the MCG grand final day. I think it's just, it's everyone's dream. It's that's what we footballers live for. And to be able to do it and win it and then play well. You know, that's that's my highlight. But, uh, you know, I felt a lot of pressure when I went back to the bush to succeed and uh, win flags. You know, for, for my hometown and Belranald and. Uh, they were highlights too, so mm-hmm. it's not, you know, not just AFL, but the, the bush, um, the bush was fantastic too.
0: Tony Jules, as much as we both love him, Jimmy, yeah. had a short fuse. Oh.
1: Did you did ever you cross him at training? Oh, well, I did. <laughs> Once, <laughs> I really, I tested our friendship, I can tell you, I, just stupidity, but uh, Moldhouse ran past me, it was, a, it was a cold freeze and miserable night at Punt Road and Moldhouse ran past me, picked up a heap of mud and dropped it on me bald head and I thought right and TJ had called us in for a, for a meeting you know in the middle of the ground so I picked up a bit of mud myself and thought I'll, so I threw it at Malthouse and I don't know how he saw it coming but he did and he's gone like that and the mud has gone straight through and hit Tony fair and square in the eye like and I've just gone I don't believe this has happened like it's just the worst moment of my life and he has just gone ballistic like as he can as you know off his head and he's in agony and and everyone is just mortified. And uh, then he's gone, right, who was the low down, you know what he'd say, mm-hmm. that through the mud? And I thought, well, discretion's going to be the better part of valour here. So I, I stood there and said nothing and none of the boys are saying anything. And he said, right, we can all run Indian file until that piece of, you know, what <laughs> owns up. And so we're going around and around and around. And TJ had gone off the track. And uh, the boys are starting to get a bit restless with me after about six or seven laps and in the end Burke said listen ghost you know we think that you're going to have to own up but you know we'll we'll tell Tony it was an accident I said yeah that's if I'm still alive for me <laughs> to tell him so I said, all right I'll own up so I went in and thank Christ he, he wasn't there I said well, where's Tony and they said oh, he's up the Iron Hospital getting the mug taken out of his own so I got a reprieve for a couple of hours and I thought I'll give him a ring and Marg answered the phone and I said, how is he? She said, well, settled down a little bit. You can probably talk to him now. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that happy, but he understood. Well, the two blokes I wouldn't want to
0: cross, I reckon, no. in all the time that I've been watching for yeah. you, were Tony Jewell, oh, and yeah. you've just explained yeah. why, and the other bloke was Tony Lockett. Oh, yeah. Did you ever tangle with Tony? <laughs> where
1: are you getting those stories from, Mark? But <laughs> <laughs> well, I only had one tangle. That was, that was enough. But, uh, I went out to lunch with the uh, director and his wife, uh, Pat and Trev McGinley and, and Pat said, I dare you to have a at plugger on Saturday. And I was playing on, on him down at rabbit And I thought, oh, you know, I can do that. So I went at to plugger, a little nudge, and he's nudged me back. And I thought, oh, that wasn't too bad. So then I, I stomped on his foot. <laughs> <laughs> bad move. <laughs> bad move. So whack and he smacked me right in the mouth. And uh, so I got blood pouring out of my mouth. And so I... Grabbed all of him, of course, and we were wrestling in the goal square at Marabin, so I'm covered in mud and blood before they beat the bloody ball. <laughs> you are stupid. And the looked at me like, just, what are you doing? You're just stupid. So, Who called the truce? Oh, I was keen to. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good for me. You were
0: known, you, uh, Dale Waitman, Peter Welsh, a lot of that were practical yeah. jokers at Mouldhouse. Yeah. What's the most audacious thing that you've done to a teammate?
1: Oh... Did you put the piglet in oh, someone's yeah, locker? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, well, it was a contest down there to so see you could do the stupidest thing. So, yeah, I'd been up at Bell Rental and I bought one back and uh, <laughs> jammed it in Roachie's locker and went out to training. and Actually, I, I ran up beside Roachie and said, ''Oh, where you been, Ghost?'' I said, ''Oh, just a Bell Rental.' Chased a few pigs and he said, oh, I've never seen one of them wild <laughs> pigs. and I'm thinking they're going to in an hour or two. <laughs> so he came in and opened the locker, and out it coming. <laughs> yeah, so How was disco when he saw it? Oh, no, it's just, yeah, yeah taking it. It's not the, you know, you know what disco is like. He's, he's, yeah, what's this? Gigi, you were wild boys, weren't you? Yeah, it was a bit, of, well, it was good. It was good fun, you know. We're, we're good mates, and uh, yeah, it was just uh, always something happening down there. It's terrific.
0: Jimmy, you were a cult figure at Richmond for a long time. you made an extraordinary contribution to football, both in the AFL and country football. I admire what you've done, and I'm sure you've enjoyed it. Great to see you.
1: Good on you, Mike. Thanks very much, mate. This
0: has been a production of Fox Sports.